Hey, welcome back to Let the Meat Takes. This is Justin, your podcaster and podcast producer, giving you a nice, hot, fresh, cold open. I'm really excited about today's episode because we are going to preview week one of the college football season with a guest. Our guest is Daniel Bailey. He is a statistician. Did I say that correctly? He's good at stats. He's a college football fanatic, and he's a really good friend of us. Um, he came up with his own college football ranking system. It's really cool. It yields some surprising results, too. Um, it might be hard to track with what we're talking about with the ranking system during the show, so I'll make sure to include a link to a Google spreadsheet where you can see how it is now. I don't think it'll update itself throughout the season, but maybe we can periodically do that. I think I've talked enough. Let's get down to some hot takes. Um... Yeah, this is Let Them Eat Takes. Bonjour, and welcome to Let Them Eat Takes, your favorite sports podcast for the Outrage era. I'm Justin, doing the intro this time, joined by my co-host, Jonathan. Say hi, Jonathan. Howdy, how's it going? Howdy, how do you? And also, Scott. Say hi, Scott. Uh, hello. Yeah, I'll do. We also have a fourth wheel to make this tricycle a Ford Bronco today. And that is our good friend, Daniel Bailey, who is a college football fanatic and a statistician. How do you do, Daniel? I do well. I think you uh, overstated my credentials, but I'll take it. <laughs> Dude, that's half the show, baby, is overstating <laughs> our own credentials. Perfect. Hey, Ford Bronco was my first vehicle, so. <sighs> it was I didn't a, know a, that. Mm-hmm. White 86 Ford Bronco. <laughs> How do you feel about the new Ford Broncos? Have you seen them around? Um, I mean, the little one, the sport one or whatever, it yeah. kind of feels a little silly because it's like, yeah. uh, what's the point? Like when they made like the tiny H3, I'm like, who wants a small Hummer? Um, but <laughs> I think they look pretty neat, but I'm not going like, to go get one. Right. I did see one with a mesh top recently, and it, it was the first one that I saw that I thought looked actually cool in like an actual off-road vehicle and not a souped-up Ford Escape. But, <laughs> yeah. And more importantly, Scott, how many O.J. Simpson jokes did you get in high school? Driving oh, man, so many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. So I guess college football started yeah we had week we had week zero this past week affectionately termed i was actually in vegas for that and it was the perfect place to be for the start of college football and betting on meaningless games okay what stuff did you bet on um i hope my wife isn't listening to this but uh (laughs) nobody listens to this (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Um, we have some listeners. 
Yeah, so Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the one that killed me Thanks, and that Mom. killed me, I put like $4 on it. That was the uh, Hawaii-UCLA game. I bet on uh, Hawaii to cover the 19 and a half. And then mid-game, I bet on UCLA to cover the 34 and a half. Both of which did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, it looks like the golden retriever falling down the stairs video. (laughs) Felt pretty apropos. (laughs) I didn't bet on the uh, the Braves game, which uh, one of the guys bet on the over, and Will Smith gave up, or bet on the under. Sorry, and uh, Will Smith gave up that home run to hit the over. Man, betting on Will Smith to not give up a home run just killed me now. <laughs> that is true. Golly. Uh, I saw I a lot of... Go ahead, Justin. Oh, no, you, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, a lot of people were shocked that... Um, or not shocked, depending how you feel about Scott Frost, that Nebraska got beat by Illinois. I think that was the only like big, big matchup, quote unquote, big matchup. My that one like, I did not bet on because you can't trust Nebraska and can't trust Illinois either. But that was that was a weird one. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of any Big Ten game this ever, unless Ohio's if Ohio State's playing anybody, it's a freaking blowout. Like the starting quarterback. It's only playing the first half of the game. But if it's any of these other teams, like, I don't know, it could be a 30-point blowout, could be, you know, a 13-14 to 14 grinder at the end. Uh, my disappointment was uh, Nebraska. For some reason, I thought they were going to wear the big red, or Lil Red, excuse me, uniform big for red. this game. Oh, you know, okay. the, the overall ones. Yeah, yeah that Lil didn't red, happen. Lil Red. Lil red. <sighs> You gotta Scott. make it to a you gotta make it to a bowl game to become big red. True. Well, I guess the next coach can wear those. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's riff. Ugh. Scott Frost. What a tough what a tough stint he's had at Nebraska so far. What a brutal outcome. I mean, weren't I mean, geez. They won like nine games every year with Pelini there, right? Mm-hmm. And they fired him because they were mad about only winning nine games. And now Scott Frost is there. And if he wins five games, it'll be his best season ever, right? Right. I don't know. That's... He did. Uh, I do remember Bo Pelini was kind of an asshole. He did run his mouth. But you can't fault the guy if, you know, if the thing he said was going to happen after he fired happened. This is exactly said was going to happen, and you know he's he's Coach Stradamus right now, watching this burn to the ground. Sounds very similar to another SEC team that was strong in the '90s and early 2000s that let one of their coaches go. About Kentucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, how mummy come back? <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities to Tennessee. You know, in that it's really, really difficult slash maybe impossible for somebody to really come in there and just get back to that 90s level just based on like available recruiting talent around you and that kind of stuff. Right. And just the state of college football. What I don't understand is why Nebraska is winning four or five games a year. 
Like I, I didn't expect Scott Frost to go there and win a bunch of national championships, but I thought they'd be winning like eight, nine, ten games a year, have a fun, high-powered offense, that kind of stuff, right? They were really good at UCF. Like, there's actually some good UCF teams. It's it's crazy. Yeah, they, he was. Yeah, they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. Remember that? Gosh, that oh was yeah, awesome. how could I forget? That's when they're claimed a national championship, wasn't it? Yeah, win yes. a Peach Bowl, get a national title. That's yeah. how it works. Oh, I guess I should say Illinois beat Nebraska with their backup quarterback, and and Nebraska at no point looked good. No, yeah, Nebraska was bad. Yeah, just bad. I think they're uh, start. I don't. I didn't watch the game. I had to read about it, but I, I I think Illinois starter left with an injury, very very early. He did, and now actually, in a little bit of fairness, the backup played really well. Right. Like, yeah. The backup has never been good. It's like this guy that's played never ever been good, and then comes in and it's like eleven of twelve and has a touchdown Ooh. or two and Tom no Frost interception. Is a cure for that. Yeah, but. The biggest problem is just that the offense for Nebraska looks lost, right? Adrian Martinez is fast. He can still have Adrian Martinez? Yes. He's got to be a senior or fifth-year senior, right? Yeah, and they have, they have no other weapons, no other guys on the offense that, like, scare you. So the other team's like, okay, well, we'll just game plan to make sure that Adrian Martinez can't run around and then nobody else can do anything, and he can't throw that well, so... Adrian Martinez is basically what people expected Lamar Jackson to be in the NFL. I feel like just uh, yeah. that's a very Ant- anti-vax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not even go there. Oof. All right. Well, today <laughs> is the college football preview show, and we are going to preview some college football. Um, and we do have a couple of uniting takes as well. But before we do that, Justin. You teased us for weeks about a ranking system that Daniel has created. And I would love to go through that ranking system. And I know, Scott, you've had the opportunity to take a look at it as well. And y'all had some back and forth. So keep in mind, I I like statistics. And even I had trouble following it. So when you explain things, explain it like I'm 12. (laughs) (laughs) So I used to be a stat tutor. So this is perfect. I made a living off that for a while. There you go. Um, yeah, it, it is a very basic system, as um, Scott can kind of attest to. Um, not a lot of empirical evidence, so kind of where the model is, the ranking system, um, kind of at its infantile stages. Um, I kind of have mentioned before that the fun thing about creating your own ranking system is you realize that you have to compile all the data yourself. (laughs) (laughs) When you're trying to update that weekly, um, you kind of want to make it as basic as it has to be. Um, So yeah, uh, thanks to uh, COVID, um, lots of boredom around last year. Um, And I've always loved college football. I love statistics. So, so it's kind of a, a fun way to dive in and see if I could come up with something. Um, so I started compiling some data points last year, um, going off very basic um, detail. 
So if you've heard of like the S&P Plus or SP Plus. Yeah, um, don't get sued. Right, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of the S&P 500? Um, <laughs> no. So it takes a lot of kind of production data. So, um, and what that is, is, you know, kind of assigns a value to players and how much they contributed to offensive and defensive production. Um, and says what percent of that is returning. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that plays into the model. Um, uh, another piece is the kind of recruiting ranking. And so um, 247, which thankfully yesterday updated their talent composite, um, kind of playing, playing into that, which um, – I don't know how much y'all trust recruiting rankings, but obviously there is some level that that contributes to the success of the team. Um, and so kind of just played around with that, came up with kind of expected um, offensive and defensive scores, and it pits the teams against each other um, each week. And so I kind of have a little place where I can do um, kind of mystery matchups. So, you wanted to see a game that wasn't going to happen, kind of plug that in um, and produce that. So we'll, we'll see how it goes this year. Um, last year was tough because of COVID. Obviously, there was no inter-conference games. Right. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this year it performs well. So I pulled up the Excel spreadsheet that you shared. Um, what would be the best tab for me to click on the uh model comp is kind of the overall okay overall piece um so So this is the one that you'll look at and see how you did once the season starts happening right yeah so this is the actual rankings um so and there's method one and method two so method one is really more of a um margin of victory uh, adjustment. And then method two looks more at the quality of your offense and the quality of your defense. Um, So it kind of looks at those pieces individually versus method one being kind of a simple, just margin of victory. Um, And are you averaging those two together or are you just evaluating those methods one and two separately? Yeah, so I'm evaluating them separately. Um, I I did make the mistake in not version controlling last year's model, um, but uh, I, I do remember one looking a lot more kind of as expected, um, and I think the margin of victory one was a was pretty far off in terms of just random teams that had some blowouts was kind of impacting that. Uh, another adjustment I did after last year was the most recent game was too heavily weighted. And so teams that were playing worse teams at the back half of the season or just had one or two crazy performances at the back half were showing up, you know, five, ten spots ahead of probably where they should have been. Um, so this year, hoping to kind of take a more holistic approach where it's weights more of your full season versus you know 
just the back half games. Yeah, I know like recent waiting can be pretty tough in college football or football in general when you don't have that many games, right? I know people have tried that a lot for NFL stuff and usually you're better off looking at the whole season than like recent performance. The only time that recent performance is a better indicator is like if you missed your quarterback for the first half of the season and then you're like, oh, Peyton Manning's back for the second half. Well, then, yeah, like the recent performance is more indicative. But yeah, um, or JT Daniels last year. Yes, that would be another uh, example. So are you, are you doing like per play data or per drive? No, so that's the um, because of the yeah compilation of bringing that data in um, each week is, you know, that increases the data set you have to grab by a lot, um, to get per play. Um, I, I did look at, um, I'll probably butcher his name, but I think it's Brian Freemau. Um, Yeah. The FBI guy. Yep. Um, some of his stuff that kind of takes out garbage time. Um, question. What's FBI? All right. Yeah. Good question. So the two, there's two guys that have been doing this for a while, right? One guy's this guy, Brian Formal, whose rating system is called FEI. And there's this other guy that got mentioned already, Bill Connolly, whose rating system is called SP plus back in the day, these guys used to work at football outsiders and they used to both have their ratings, you know, published or whatever and then they had a combined rating so it was fei and sp plus and it was combined it was called f plus but basically they were two slightly different approaches of the same thing and brian Vermal looked at per drive results to compile his rankings and bill Connolly sp plus looked at per play to calculate his rankings um, and so then when you basically average those together, it's really, really helpful. Um, and the reason you do this kind of stuff is in football, right? 12, 15, 16 games or whatever. Well, the scores from that is not great sample size to do meaningful statistics. You could have a weird random turnover or a bad game here or there that really skews things, right? But you might have 10 or 15 drives a game. You might have 80 plays a game. So now if I can look at data from, you know, a thousand offensive plays and a thousand defensive plays, now we're dealing with something. Yeah. The more data points you have, the more accurate representation you get. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, you know, people look at how many points you get per drive based on like where you where the drive started and how many points you would be expected to get on a drive that started at the 35 or things like that. And that's kind of how Formal does it. And then Bill Connolly does it with the per play. And then then from there, that's kind of the baseline. Then you get into all the little adjustments and all the little adjustments and tweaks are the things that make sense. But you kind of have to figure them out just right you know like a discount garbage time when does garbage time start right 
You don't want to right. use stats when everybody's playing backups, <clears throat> but you can't go through and just arbitrarily determine when it starts for every game. So you have to pick something for how you do that. And usually it's pretty good, but uh, it's never perfect. And then, right. you know, you adjust for who you're playing, you know, blowing out a team that sucks is not the same as blowing out a team that's good. So you have to wait how that happens, you know, that kind of stuff. And right. then you adjust for home games and road games and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So sounds like a full time yeah. job. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I quickly discovered. And that's something. So the home and away is something I'm hoping to add at some point this season. Um, Cause that's a pretty easy one just because where you place the team kind of in the spreadsheet, if you were to look at like uh, the schedule two tab, um, you can kind of see each game. So all the weeks yeah. are put out and the home teams, you know, obviously going to be on the right side because we're America and not soccer. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that'll be a pretty easy adjustment that I'm hoping to, incorporate um some other things uh speaking of statistics i'm hoping to kind of pull some some of these are kind of numbers thrown at a dartboard and i'm just going to see how they perform this year but i would like to kind of take a sample set of teams and just follow them for years and pull some of these different data points and see kind of how good of a predictor they are over time um, and get some more, I guess, um, you know, tested numbers instead of these like numbers thrown out a dartboard and see if they look normal. So, cool. yeah, and, and that's how a lot of people do this stuff. And that's part of why the guys that have good stuff for this have been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years, right? Because what happens is you come up with your approach and then you let it go through the season and then. As a fan, right, you go, hey, what I'm watching doesn't seem to match up perfectly with these numbers. I think it's missing this aspect or this aspect isn't captured properly. So then you go through and mess around with how you adjust for something or how you weight something. And then you compare that to the results. And you're like, oh, well, it turns out that I didn't, you know, if I included uh the recruiting rankings from previous years that would give me better predictions uh in my preseason rankings stuff like that so that's what you see for like the preseason rankings it'll be some combination of how good was the team last year and how much do they return on offense and defense and what level have they recruited at right because that's going to replace what you lost that kind of stuff so nice yeah and uh, something I was telling Scott about um, was the tab that is AGHI, which is the, it's not really an index, but I call it the ain't going to happen index. And that's basically where I say my model was really screwed up last year. So let me adjust some things. Uh, one of those things being Arizona state was there's still, you know, number eight or nine, depending on which method you're looking at this year and I still think that's a little high for them. I think that's definitely high for them. But uh I think they were top five without that. 
same with North Carolina. They were number two before making a few adjustments of like, I think Arizona state's offense was a little overstated. Um, similar with North Carolina as well. But those are a couple of teams that kind of popped out to me. Um, in addition, kind of Ole Miss, you know, hovering around the top 10, mainly because their offense from last year and they were turning the quarterback. So a lot of that's kind of playing into the numbers, having, having these teams. Arizona State's returning their quarterback. Um, they only played four games. They were two and two. But um, that, some of the things that I think are fun is even though they show up higher, they are better than I would have perceived them to be if you told me a team was two and two last year. How do you think they're going to be this year? Um, I, I think those teams kind of stand out as um, being better than I would have expected without kind of digging into the numbers. So this on the on the model comp tab, you have preseason rankings. Are those the ones that just? Yeah, so that was preseason from last year. Um, okay. And so I need to um, I was trying kinda... to see I was trying to compare like what what the, the official preseason rankings are to your method to see if anything sticks out. My guess is they probably put Texas too high. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Um so yeah, Colin B and C are really my preseason rankings. They'll have um a little bit of adjustments from this past weekend. But, I mean, not a ton of teams that are top 25 worthy. San Jose State doesn't make it in the top 25. Hey, that game was fun. It was a fun watch. They yeah, got Starkle. some dude at... Yeah, Starkle in his uh, 20th season. Yeah, forever. Grandpa Starkle at quarterback. <laughs> but uh, the guy that had a running back was fun to watch. He's one of those dudes that was like 5'11", 230, and just kind of built like a tank. And he was just... Plowing over some guys. Yeah, I love the power backs. Mm-hmm. Might be that was kind of my reaction. Just I didn't get to watch the um, the Illinois Nebraska game in real time, but I'd got to watch some of the replay and highlights. And I know that Scott Frost is he's he would be considered like a traditional spread guy, right? Like it looked like they were running most of their formations and shotgun numbers grips on the wide receivers. Um, I know Bo Pelini loves himself some eye formation, and it seemed like Illinois was having a a relatively good time running the football, getting some play action pass, getting the tight ends involved in the game. I I sometimes wonder if power football is going to make its way back into mainline college football. Probably not, but it'll probably have to be in like a new and updated way, right? So. That's one of the things that Oklahoma does that previous iterations of like the air raid don't do. Like Lincoln Riley has a lot of air raid background like Mike Leach does, right? Except Mike Leach never runs the ball. And Lincoln Riley says, hey, if we have good offensive line and big physical backs, when we spread everybody out, throw a bunch of deep balls, we can also just run power and this running back's going to annihilate your nickel corner and just keep on trucking, right? Right. So, uh, one thing I one um one thing I really like about um 
this spreadsheet, this massive spread book, I should say, you've shared with Daniels. I love that you have head coaching rankings that factor into your overall team rankings. I've really enjoyed going down the list. Uh, it's kind of funny. I feel like there's a lot of head coaching rankings that happen in the offseason, but it's usually very uh, subjective in analysis, whereas you've taken how taken their their salary. You've looked at their win loss total yeah. over their career. <laughs> so you got a salary school. column with some super into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing seeing all those G's, like holy cow, Dabo and Nick getting top dollar. Yeah, golly. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was kind of mentioning too on uh, this the head coach rankings. Um, or kind of how they play into this is that it's really not just the person of the head coach, but it's their job and stability and how that plays into it. So, um, you know, it might be a little bit high, but uh, Saban, I think is, you know, five points better than, than the next coach. Um, it would be Dabo. Um, but it's not Saban as the person, but also the stability of his program, how long he's been there. Um, and their age. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing Nick, old Nicky Nick is 69, which is nice. Nice. Oh, go ahead, Scott. So that makes, that makes a lot more sense um, from that standpoint. Uh, it looks sort of, you know, it's, called a coaching adjustment or a coaching ranking it's it's really more of a like a program stability track record kind of thing yeah. um I, I think when most people think of like a coaching adjustment kind of th- uh ranking they think of game day coaching like oh this is guy that's gonna be that you know play caller really coach it up like make things come out different on game day because they're steve spurrier or whatever and that's not Nick Saban. Like, that's not his strength. Right? His strength is everything else about, like, running a program. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows up. It just doesn't, you know, doesn't show up in that way, right? Like, what in, it's hard to think of it this way because they are so talented, it's kind of impossible, right? But it's like, when was the last time Alabama won a game they weren't supposed to? Literally yeah. never happened under Nick Saban, yeah. right? Like every game they lose, they're, uh, you know, almost always they're clear favorites. So you could def that's definitely a larger sample size under his tenure. Because what, you know, what usually comes to mind is Utah. Um, maybe that year they lost to South. Yeah, they definitely that year they lost to South Carolina in Columbia. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, I had some, some losses to Auburn. Right, Texas A&M. Didn't you lose to Louisiana Monroe? Ole Miss. Like first or second year? Yeah, yeah, but first year. I yeah, Bama was an yeah. utter catastrophe. I remember that. I remember that because he said it was worse than nine eleven. Or could, which one was it? <laughs> In the press conference. Takes you wish you could have that. Takes you wish things you could have your life too. Right? Mm-hmm. Now that there's a list of. Of people on the internet who need to have their phones taken away, usually, and usually nine. Any mention of nine eleven gets you on it. Uh, I'm glad you clarify that, Dan, because there's no way, no way, should Kirby Smart be ranked 30 places ahead of Dan Mullen on a coach's ranking? Because we all know Dan is the far superior head coach in every aspect. 
<laughs> so if you go to um yeah preseason baseline because i think the head coaching stats were just kind of raw data um but in preseason baseline tab columns aw and ax oh um, boy getting pretty far in the alphabet there <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the binary alphabet um yeah so aw and ax will kind of show you where the head coaches rank and kind of the points that are being assigned to their team from them so um the the other unfortunate part about this tab is it's ordered by last year's uh preseason offensive rankings so that's why you have to scroll a bit for um georgia some some other uh bigger teams i think north carolina is probably further down the chart when you see some random teams toward the top um but yeah so saban at one uh dabo at two coach o at three um, that's no, a shock well, and that's mainly the national championship. So one of the yeah. pieces that plays into this is have you won a national championship at your school and how many years have you been there? So, you know, Saban's ratio is absurd. Coach O's ratio is pretty nice yeah. at this point because yeah. he hit one early in his tenure. He finally got his chicken on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then even Ryan Day being at four, um, but he's got a nice record because he took over a very stable program. And a conference that may not exist in five years. <laughs> the Alliance Conference? Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, they have a gentleman's agreement. That will not fall apart <laughs> under scrutiny. That was like one of the best backpedals <laughs> I've ever seen. It's like, oh, no, 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 we didn't sign any paperwork. This is a gentleman's agreement. It's like playing yeah, Risk. Like, Oh, yeah. I'll totally be in an alliance with you. <laughs> I mean, the Big Ten will definitely not steal a team from the ACC again. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking us through that ranking, Daniel. Do you have a name for it? Because I saw you mention Ain't Gonna Happen. Is that your name for it? <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's probably what the ranking system is at this point, because it's... Uh, <laughs> Not solidified, but um, no, that's a great that's a great question. I'll I'll field any suggestions y'all have. Um, yeah, we'll have to do the LTE ranking. The, the LTE ranking, all right. Yeah. LTE. I love it. Dan, do you mind if I um if I make a? Well, I'll ask you after the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love um, to grab a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need one after this Saturday. I think. Yeah. Yeah, dog, we're gonna be, we're gonna be all right, I believe. Um, oh, speaking of, um, quickly, uh, previewing college football for this season. Um, I know we've talked a lot about, um, Scott Frost, uh, being on a hot seat. So without mentioning him anymore, which coaches kind of have to put up or shut up this year to avoid getting the canning? Ooh, a good question. Um, I'll start with the SEC because there's really, it's interesting, there's not really any clear people that are actually in trouble. And the SEC, part of it is you got a lot of new coaches. 
we have a lot of new coaches and a lot of successful coaches that get paid a ton of money. So most of those are pretty safe, right? You're not firing a brand new guy. You do have a couple guys that are kind of hot seat adjacent. That would be Coach O and Dan Mullen. Neither of those guys are in trouble right now. Neither of those guys are getting fired this year unless Coach O manages to only win three or four games again or something, which nobody expects, right? But both of those guys need to have good years or they're going into next year with some real hot seat talk, right? Like if both of those programs go eight and four this year, next year's a bit of a hot seat. And when you consider that both of those programs are expected to win about eight or nine games this year, there's a pretty realistic chance of at least one of those guys being on the hot seat next year, right? So, yeah, I yeah. I was, sorry, I was all I'll say is I was thinking Dan Mullen as well. I definitely see Coach O as being hot seat adjacent because I think it's, I think it's it's pretty obvious that there was a lot more than him that went into them winning a national championship two years ago. And I think when they do decide to move on from him, they're going to do it in such a way where it looks like a mutual parting and there'll be like a lot of handshakes and hugs, you know, but Mm -hmm. I guess it'll probably come down to whether or not he can rebuild a good staff again. Dan Mullen. I don't know. I feel like he's, he's constantly getting Teflon'd by the Florida sports media because they love that freaking narrative that he's one of the best coaches, if not the best offensive coach in college football. He just doesn't have the talent, and he can you know, compete with anybody if you just give him a few pieces here and there. So there's always an excuse if he doesn't win enough games, and he can only exceed expectations. Well, that's why he's not on the hot seat right now, right? But right. if they go 8-4 and four this year... He's on the hot seat. If only there was a way for a head coach to determine how you get talent into your program. Gosh, the life's <laughs> true mysteries. <laughs> well, that, that's, that is sort of the, the beginning and end of Dan Mullen because you can look at all of his teams throughout his head coaching career starting at Mississippi State, and you can see all these squads that are, you know, a lot of stats would say, oh, they, he coached them up. He gave them a few extra wins then maybe that squad should have earned. And what has it all amounted to? No mm-hmm. conference championships, a few bowl wins. That's it. Like, this is Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Kirby, maybe Kirby Smart's uh, teams don't, you know, always, they, maybe they fall a little bit short of the mark, but it's gotten him a conference championship already and a few big bowl wins. So And a, and a playoff win. And a playoff win. So yeah, Florida hasn't really sniffed the playoff with Mullen. And that's why I'm saying that if they don't have a, a good year this year, he's going to start having some, some heat, right? Especially if, you know, like let's say Georgia has a good year and is in the playoff and Florida fans will not be happy, right? No, it's no. very imperative. Um, I don't think Jimbo at A&M is really even hot seat Mm-mm. adjacent because they're paying him so much money. Yeah. But they're paying him to win national titles and LSU's paying Orgeron to win national titles and Alabama's paying Nick Saban to win national titles. One of those teams has to finish third or worst or worse in their division. So that's part mm-hmm. of why Good point. somebody over there will be mm-hmm. at least a little bit of a hot seat after this year. They'll be driving around in their uh, 
Chrysler Pacifica on a 89 degree day and they'll realize, oh, my seat warmer's on. Well, who's uh, they'll finally not have <laughs> they'll finally not have Killing Mons starting. I feel like Killing Mons yeah. been starting for them for the past 17 years. Yeah, they've got some yeah, solid like... guys in the wings. Is it? Well, did it go Manzel, Kellen Mond? I'm kidding. I'm sure there was somebody in between. It, it feels like it. It felt like it's a bit. There was, there was some guy named Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read three teams for you. You're going to tell me who's most likely to play in the New Year's Bowl. Here are your three teams. North Carolina, Texas, and Coastal Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, and then Coastal and then Texas. North Carolina yeah. and Coastal are close. Texas is a big gap behind. Big gap behind. Yeah, I'll take Tar Heels. So there is some Heisman buzz. I don't really think the Heisman means anything, but there is Heisman buzz at North Carolina for their quarterback. Yeah, he's uh, good. Sam Howell. He's pretty legit. Yeah, he's a quarterback, and it's a team with a dark horse chance to make the playoffs. I'm not just not used to another ACC team being good. It's just been Clemson for so long. Well, you know, for one, yes, true, agreed. Um, two, I, North Carolina is not really probably a playoff caliber team, but if they're a little better than everybody expects or Clemson's a little worse, North Carolina happens to get an upset in the ACC championship game, then they get in. And then their quarterback finishes top three or four in the Heisman because he's a quarterback in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I don't really give a crap about the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so boring at this point. It really is. Um, Most well. of the big programs are pretty stable at coach, at head coach, or have new coaches that aren't really on the hot seat, you know? Yeah, last year was a crazy. great cleaning house year, which kind of debunked the, uh, the COVID. No. I heard a lot of people tell me that nobody was going to get fired last year. Cause no, that was the hot year. take that was so wrong. Gosh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was always so dumb. It just never made any sense. <laughs> like, if they're playing games, people are going to be losing games, and people are going to be upset. That's just it. Yep. I mean, I yep. get it. Like, if, if people's prediction was, oh, there will be less coaches fired because of COVID... That's a fair prediction. You start saying no coaches fired, that's just dumb. And there was the exact <laughs> normal amount of coaches fired. There wasn't even less, so that would have been wrong, but at least that would have been like a pretty you know, reasonable, thoughtful prediction. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. Before we get to our takes and wrap up, I'm going to read off a couple of um, interesting matchups oh. from week one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. All right. Yeah, yeah, I was scrolling through looking for hot seat stuff. Uh, USC, Clay Hilton. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. He's an yeah. actual hot seat. The problem is you have to actually scroll pretty far down the rankings to really find somebody in the hot seat. Slam? I feel like Brian Harson should be put in there just because he's at Auburn. I don't care if it's his first year. It's Auburn. Those people are mercurial. I, I did have he's, a, he's, I have I was wondering what do y'all think is the uh the expected win from the Auburn fan fan that's, base that's tricky. That's seven tricky, wins. He's been Brian Harson's been kind of a loudmouth since he got there, hasn't he? Yeah, he's kinda of cocky. I wouldn't say cocky. He has there's so many weird stories. Like he's all about 
you know, the blue collar vibe, but it's become the blue collar comedy tour on the planes. But <laughs> I heard a story that he put some notes up in the elevator saying elevators are for injured players only. If you could walk, take the stairs. Yeah, you know. sounds like my nightmare. So he's he's a first year coach. I would not go so far as say he's on the hot seat, but because it is Auburn and because of how things have already gone, both with the firing of the last guy and the coaching search shenanigans and the fact that you then hired somebody who you hope is as good as the last guy. And then also now he has COVID and the fact that they're probably going to go like six and six this year. He's probably hot seat adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking, I'm looking at their record right now and I'm, you said seven wins, Daniel, and I'm trying to like, that would be really good. (laughs) Seven wins would be really good. Yeah. I think they're more likely to go five and seven than seven and five. That's probably true. Yeah, I'm saying from their fan base, if they get fewer than seven wins, they're going to be frustrated with them. Oh, they're gonna I don't be, think they're yeah. expecting 10 wins this year. No. If they end up five and seven and miss a bowl, then I think people will, you know, really be displeased and, and questioning the hire. I think at six and six, you still get the bowl game and that, it really helps, you know, sell is he, things. Is he better from COVID? I know he had COVID. I don't I know. I think better. he's probably still like out. He's probably still at home. Well, their first few games are Akron and Alabama State, so they ought to be okay. Yeah. Um Okay, I'm just gonna very quickly some big matchups. You tell me who's gonna win. I don't have the spread, so we can't pick against the spread. So sorry. We'll just pick winners. Um, does Miami upset Alabama in the first game of the season? No. Okay. Not a chance. Not a chance. All right. Um, does South Carolina lose its opener to Eastern Illinois? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> Hard to I don't think I, Eastern. I don't, I don't think so either. But like, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to. No one's really talking about Shane Beamer and his whole vibe. I think that was kind of the one of the most. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a very anticlimactic coaching hire. Okay, e- Eastern Illinois already played a game, and they lost to Indiana State. Okay, so yeah, South Carolina's going to win that game. South Carolina will beat them. I had to look oh, and okay. see if Eastern Illinois is any good at all, because if they're one of those kind of sneaky, good, smaller schools, then they that'll a, be dicey. Yeah. Okay, I how mean, about Notre Dame, Florida State? Irish. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. No, Florida but State not have that yet. I'm Notre curious Dame to see if Florida State's a functional team, though. Yeah, yeah, Notre Dame probably will not be as good as the last year. And Florida State should be much better than last year. So it could be an actual good game. And like if Florida right. State were to win this game, it's not like the biggest shock ever or something. But Right. Um, LSU-UCLA. UCLA's um, better than they have It's going to be tight. Yeah. Where's this game being played? I think it's at UCLA. Mm. Yep, it is. It's at UCLA. This will be a good tone-setting moment for Coach O's. Coach O. For Coach O. And lastly, you know I'm going to ask. Georgia Clemson. Pick with your, pick with your head. <laughs> my, my head says Clemson 45, Georgia 21. Oh, gosh. Ooh, uh, I don't know about that. 
No. I'm not saying we win, but I, I don't a, know about that. I don't, here's the thing. I think it's going to go like that Alabama game last year. I think Georgia's going to be really competitive. I think our defense is pretty legit. I think our offense is just missing too many weapons. Are we starting Stetson Bennett? No, we're I starting JT. We're starting JT. Die. Okay, let me. I'll bat, I'll roll. I, I will die. <laughs> I'll slow my roll. How about Clemson 38, Georgia 24? I'll slow my yeah, roll. Yeah, I don't bit. think it'll be more than a two score game. And and I do think that either team could win that game by multiple touchdowns. Right. Right. And part of it is that's what college football is now, and that's not a blowout. It's right? true. People Two think of it as right. 14 points as a blowout. That's, I don't know, three minutes of game time, man. <laughs> it's two quick right. touchdowns. So, right. yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Georgia's going to get dominated. I just feel like you don't want to – this is not the game you want to go into missing your top four receiving targets, but that's the reality. And you also have some attrition on your offensive line. So they're going in with a lot of suboptimal variables. And Clemson's, for the most part, looks pretty healthy. You know, this is their season, and they can basically sleepwalk till December or whenever they play UNC. Clemson is unfortunately very healthy for the game. Yeah. They were they were going to possibly be missing one of their starting cornerbacks, um, but he is going to play. That's not health related. That is um, almost vehicular manslaughter related. But he's not missing any time. So don't worry, everybody. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Clemson will probably win. But it's one of those things where Clemson might be one of those teams. Let's see what happens when they get punched in the mouth. They may not respond well to getting punched in the mouth, figuratively speaking. And if yep. they don't, then Georgia can win. Yeah, because they the are only... used to steamrolling. Sorry, go ahead, Dane. No, the the only place I kind of see Georgia hitting them in the mouth is kind of Georgia's defense um, on their offensive line. I think we could do do some damage. I definitely think their defense is going to give the Georgia line a run for its money, but um, I, I feel like our defensive line can kind of hit their offensive line in the mouth, and hopefully that translates to turnovers. Yep. Might be a low-scoring game. We'll see. We'll see. It, it might be lower scoring than people think, right? If you look at a lot of like playoff matchups, they usually have been fairly high-scoring. This game might be a little lower scoring than that, even though it's the same type of matchup early in the season, right? Defense ahead of offense, blah, blah, blah. But also, the defensive lines on both teams are probably the, at least arguably, the two best defensive line groups in the nation, right? Definitely right. two of the top, you know, three or four units, I would think. So, yeah, if both defensive lines kind of make a big impact and control the game, you could definitely see a game that's more in the 20s instead of 30s and 40s like every playoff game. Yeah, right, sure. right. So, <clears throat> wanted to leave on a united note. I have two here, and I think I know which one we're going to go with, but I figured I'd mention the other one before we really go through a take that unites us. Somebody posted about you know, everyone's posting COVID policies for in-person games and stuff. And somebody posted, Breaking, Georgia Southern will require all fans for home football games at Paulson Stadium to show a picture of their closet with no UGA gear or proof of disposing of it within the previous 72 hours. 
Yeah, a lot of people I went to high school with wouldn't have been able to go to Georgia Southern games. They're freshmen. <laughs> I was like, that's the truest thing I've ever read. Ugh, so much animosity for not getting into Georgia. I understand. It's hard, though. Don't feel bad. I wouldn't have gotten in today. Thank God I graduated high school in 04. <laughs> uh, okay, this is our take that unites us, though. In these troubling times, when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium-rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow, we need a sports take to bring us back together. Now, more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. All right. There's a minor league baseball game, and you know, there's always the bat boy or bat girl. Um, At this minor league baseball game, I'm trying to see who played. Let's see. It looks like the Las Vegas Aviators, the affiliate of the Oakland A's. I think that's where they're at. They employed a bat dog, and which is really cool. So after the batter, oh, he's cute. Yeah, yeah. After the batter swings and drops a bat, the little trainer has trained the dog to run out there, grab it, and um, take it back. Um, what's uniting about this is this particular umpire. I guess was upset at the dog hates dogs, hates everyone in general. I don't know, but the good boy is about to go do his thing and pick up the bat. And as soon as he gets there, the umpire grabs it and just launches it to the opposite side of the little dugout area. And the, the, you know, the dog's just a happy boy and he just adjusts quickly and goes and takes it straight to his little, his little owner or caretaker or whatever. Um, but as soon as that ump throws that bat, the boos are resounding. Let me see if I can get some resounding boos here. Hold on. I'm going to play the boos for y'all. It is very good. It was in unison. It was loud. It was almost like it was planned. <laughs> it's what Angel Hernandez deserves every time he changes his strike zone. <laughs> I'm going to try this. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, but here goes nothing. Nope. Boo. Boo, boo. Anyway, it is resounding booze. I put it and I loved it. In the show notes so people can watch. No, oh, it was so good. Anyway, I felt United and Boone and Umpire. Umpires this year have done a particularly terrible job. So I got very excited when I saw uh, a post of just an umpire getting destroyed. I, I think at this point they know they're going to be re- all replaced by the T9000 umpire. <laughs> umpire destroyer so they're just you know they're just having a temper tantrum on their way out there's no other way to uh, speaking, explain it speaking of being replaced Cam Newton has been replaced by Mac Jones no get out of here what he's off that official? Yeah. they cut Cam Newton <sighs> oh boy I'm gonna check Cam Newton's Twitter see what hieroglyphics he's posted in response yeah, wait. Probably came up with a whole new language for this one. <laughs> I can't wait for all the woke takes about how the, the African-American quarterback got replaced by the white quarterback. Here well, it's we also the Auburn quarterback getting replaced by the Alabama quarterback, too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he hasn't tweeted since August 10th. He uh, posted he's a got weird... some, He's got some free time He was trying up. to win that job. <laughs> He was busy. <laughs> he posts this picture of him r- on top of this dirt bike that's way too little for him. And he's wearing like a freaking one, like a hat that uh, 
Johnny Depp would wear. He's and he he's, he said like, he has this tweet, and none of it's in like actual like English language characters. But I'll read it. He says Boston traffic is crazy. I just wanted a salad. Traffic is backed up. Thankfully, Super Seventy Three has my back with the new RX model, but I do not like the color. It's an ad. He got his little ad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a spokesperson for dirt bikes, and JT Daniels is a spokesperson for Roback, which is a sports pro I've never heard of until yesterday, and Zaxby's Chicken. Man. Yeah. <clears throat> Roback got some advertisement out of it, though, because I'm like heard you. Of I'm like, what is this? And I Googled it. Never so, heard congrats. of it. Congrats. <laughs> you know, Roback, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a move we learned at, at USC. Yes. It was invented at the Sigma Chi house. It's pretty, uh. pretty not. Pretty spectacular. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys. So I appreciate y'all joining for some college football banter. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, Daniel. We'd love to have you back on. Maybe midpoint season, we can revisit the ranking system or you know, all the other, all other takes that are going to age super well today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, y'all uh, take a screenshot of my preseason rankings because I'll probably change them to make it look like I predicted everything right. <laughs> See, I knew all along. Oh boy! All right. See you guys. See you Bye. Later. Bye. Bye.